0: And by the Barbecue Institute. Take your barbecue to the next level with the Barbecue Institute class. Pitmaster Conrad Teddy Bear Haskins uses his years of catering and restaurant experience combined with food science and smoking secrets to help you understand how to improve your barbecue. Visit BBQInstitute.com and register for classes today. And by Barbecuer's Delight Wood Pellets. Making pellets since 1994. Two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood, giving you that sweet, succulent smoke that you're looking for on your meat, both for grills and bullet-style smokers, and of course, in larger quantities for your pellet-fed smokers. Find them at bbqrsdelight.com. So to get that perfect barbecue,
1: you use wood.
2: Are you sure it's safe? Whatever.
1: We put the lighter fluid on,
2: strike the match,
1: and oh. Should we call the fire department? that might be a good idea.
3: Welcome to the Barbecue Central Show. The show where we talk about all things that are important in the world of barbecue. From big name interviews with competitors on the barbecue circuit, grill manufacturers and pit makers to advice on cooking brisket and ribs. You'll find it all right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Your host, Greg Rempe, is a backyard barbecue and grilling fanatic and loves to talk about his passion, which many of us share together. You can learn more about Barbecue and Grilling by visiting the website, BBQcentral.com. Now,
0: let's get in the smoke. Here's your program host, Greg Rempe. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the really big Barbecue Central show. Yeah, it's the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling, originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. We have now been proclamated, proclamized, the barbecue capital of the North Coast, finally did. Thank goodness. What took us so long? I don't know. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. Let me give you some contact information in case you want to jump in on the show tonight. You're more than welcome to do it. Uh, one of two ways. If you feel the need, uh, you can call toll free eight seven seven four four eight zero four three three. You can also email the show if you would like. Greg at the BBQ Central Show. Dot com, and those are the two ways to do it. 877 4480433 Greg at the BBQ Central Here's what's happening tonight in case you missed out on the newsletter. By the way, we had initially had a limit on the amount of subscribers to the newsletter. That being 500, we had eclipsed that a little bit earlier in the week finally. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to punish Some of the other people that want to get the newsletter, they want to get the inside scoop. Sometimes you're getting special deals if you sign up for it from some of the show sponsors. I don't want to be that guy. So I went ahead and upgraded. Now we can take a 1,000. You're welcome. So race on over. I'll show you where to sign up for that here in a second because we're going to take a look at the new website because you haven't checked it out yet. But here's what's happening on the show. 14 past the hour, so about 12 minutes from now, Jeff Brown from Wildcatters Q Crew We'll be recapping their win in, I believe it was Midwest City, Oklahoma this past weekend. I get a little background on him, all that good stuff. 35 past the hour of nine o'clock finds monthly contributor to the show, Robin Lindars, the Grill Girl, writer of Grill Girl blog. We're gonna be talking a little Memphis and May. I believe her, somebody in the chat room right now, Chris Grove, and Robin's Pops is gonna be taking a jaunt down to Memphis and May this year and working on the people's choice category. Don't know if they're actually Going all in and doing the actual Memphis May contest itself, why not? I mean, if you're going to be down there, but we'll talk to her about that. 35 past the hour of nine o'clock, second hour, around 10:14. Conrad Teddy Bear Haskins will be joining us, the founder of the Barbecue Institute. So we'll get a little background about that. We'll be talking about some of the classes that he offers. But more importantly, some of the misconceptions that grillers and barbecuers have when lighting up the grills and, and smokers and cookers and all that good stuff. And uh, secondarily to that, some of the myths and legends that are out there that might not be true, the mis- the misinformation, the misrepresentation. Yeah, Midwest City, that's what I meant. Thank you, Great Plains, for that. 35 past the hour of 10, helping me close out the show, Dave Bosca from Butcher Barbecue. He also competed at the Sam's Club event in Midwest City, Oklahoma, Finished fifth overall, so we have first and fifth place respectively. So we'll uh, again get his recap of that particular event, and Dave has promised to share some really insightful stuff as it relates to uh, Sam's Club and the like. I'm not going to ruin it. I'm not going to be that guy. All right, uh, let me tell you first and foremost that there was a new website that launched here for the show. And for the people just listening on the audio side, I apologize because this isn't going to make a lot of sense to you. That's why you should tune into the radio TV show. Nevertheless, let me give you a quick look at it. This is what the new Barbecue Central Radio Network's homepage looks like. We have uh, some candid shots of me. And as you scroll down, you can see right here in the uh, navigation side, you have a home button, and then you have about the show. Now, here's a little trick. You can see that there's one, two, three different headings that have the little down arrow, which means there's going to be subsequent uh, titles or subsequent link navigations underneath that. However, the main navigation button, so for instance here, about the show, that is its own link as well. So if you click that, uh, that'll bring you to the page about me, about the show, uh, some show hot buttons, all that great stuff. So don't think that just because There's a drop-down menu that you can't click the main link in each of the uh, title address bars. You can absolutely do that. But then you can also find out more about me. You can find out how to become an advertiser on the show, uh, radio show affiliates, all of that good stuff. So that's what's under the About the Show. Then you have Show Archives. You have the YouTube channel, which uh, if you've never gone over there, we'll link over there real quick. Uh, I've been trying at least over the last number of weeks. Let me... Oh, man. I just... I just saved myself a headache right here, I can tell you that. Um, If you uh, take a look, I've kind of sectioned off some of the segment interviews that I've done over the past. Jim Shaheen, Andy Groneman, Shotgun Fred, Bruce Bjorkman, uh, Fred Bernardo of Tasty Lakes Barbecue. And it's just uh, those specific interviews that I did. So it's not the whole show uh, that's there. And then we have, uh, let's go back home, Uh, we have Show Archives... So, again, YouTube channel there, and then we also have the older show archives, so everything that was on the previous website is also here available. Uh, Barbecue and Grilling Secrets Revealed, I'm not going to tell you about that. You'll have to check that out on your own. Uh, We have sponsors of the show, so here's a little write-up on uh, everybody that is uh, currently sponsoring on the show. You also see them over here on the, it would be your right-hand side of the screen, I believe. Uh, But here you get a little write-up of uh, each sponsor. And uh, as always, I would recommend that if you are looking for something for your barbecue or cooker, uh, that you give these guys first consideration. Blog is pretty self-explanatory. Then you have the links. So you have, if you click there, it's going to just give you text links. You have uh, the Barbecue Central Forum. You have, again, sponsors. uh, Some of my favorite sites like uh, Patio uh, Daddy-O-Barbecue, Pink Shoe Hero Foundation, Smoke Signals Blog, outdoor cooking channel if you'd like me to link you up please feel free to uh, send me a link uh, through the email and i'll be happy to do that as uh, time allows also maybe you guys uh, want to earn a little extra money right here maybe you know a uh, foreign language you can translate some documents in your spare time you can take surveys in your spare time if you're a creative writer that's not just up there for fun you know what i'm saying so if you have some extra time or you want to make a little extra buck check out the earn extra money link there in the uh, link section as well so now we'll uh, courtesy back over or transition back over. Okay, so here's <clears throat> me. Some great shots, I must say. So you have streaming options. Like right now, this is the opening segment of the Barbie Central Radio Show. This is what's happening live. Uh, you have your Windows Media Player option. You have a QuickTime option. And you also have the Real Player. And then here, right here in the, uh, the middle off to the right-hand side, sign up for the newsletter. So we have plenty more spots available. You can share this site on Facebook. You can tweet about it. You can also check me out on Facebook, the Google+, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Reddit, which I would like to get more involved with. I just can't figure out a really great way to do that yet. But we're keeping on it, let's just say it like that. And, of course, the link to the video side of the show, the Outdoor Cooking Channel, uh, recent tweets that I've done here, and then, of course, uh, sponsorship. Look, um, right down here at the very bottom uh, towards the left underneath, the sponsor says, take our survey. So I would impress upon each and every one of you if you could spend two minutes to take it. Uh, it's not going to take any personal information. I'm not going to know who filled it out per name, but if you could do that, uh, just so we could have some demographics of the audience and you know who's listening to the show, all that great stuff. So as I uh, add things to uh, the website, they show up right here in the middle section, whether it's under a blog post, whether it's a show archive, what have you. And then uh, we have this little... Ticker, the news ticker. So I try and keep that updated as much as possible as well. So there, that's the news site. And hopefully you enjoyed the little tutorial there. Let me kill that real quick. All right, now I have to make this adjustment here before we run off to the first break. I apologize. So uh, stand by uh, just for one second. And we're back apologize for that you weren't going to hear my guest I can tell you that much if I didn't take care of that uh, question from Don G is the uh, what's happening on the show email that is the newsletter so if you've already signed up for it once don't bother doing it again you're just taking somebody else's spot and that's not fair to anybody alright I didn't get to any of the uh, KCBS standings or the FBA standings so we'll have to put that aside here for now because we've got a clock to keep people we're very professional also we got to get to the uh, survey Tuesday questions Thanks to everybody that uh, went over to the Facebook page and gave me their two cents. I do have Survey Tuesday questions, which we'll get here in just a second. All right, quickly, let me tell you about uh, the Barbecue Institute. You want to take your barbecue to the next level with a Barbecue Institute class. Pitmaster Conrad Teddy Bear Haskins uses his years of catering and restaurant experience combined with food science and Smoking Secrets to help you understand how to improve your barbecue. Backyard smokers and those folks who want to open a business drive from all over the country and the world to take the Barbecue Institute's small, friendly, and informative classes. The Barbecue Institute has a full schedule of classes in Texas this spring, covering everything from a short fajita class to an all-day class on how to cook the basics brisket pork ribs chicken all that good stuff let me ask you a question you ever dream of owning your own barbecue business one of the most popular classes at the barbecue institute is the commercial barbecue class learn from conrad's years of experience owning a restaurant and catering company how to produce a product that your customers will become addicted to nothing is more as expensive as failing in a commercial venture and that is why students take this class and then they start successful barbecue operations all over the country and the world Now, having owned too many cookers of every shape and size and all three major brands of commercial pits, Conrad is finally having his dream classic Texas offset smoker built. It's based on the current Gator, but all of these features that he has always wanted is going to be on this thing. And he's kind of doing this on-tour type deal, if you will. It's going to kick off in Prosser, Washington State on June 2nd. It'll culminate with a trip to Riverhead, New York on August 3rd. And you'll be able to check out the Barbecue website or the Barbecue Institute website for details, including the locations of the stops that Conrad will be making in between these two locations as they are announced. Of course, we're not teaching on the weekend. Conrad is conducting private classes and corporate events from coast to coast during the week. To make your next off-site event really memorable, have the Barbecue Institute off-site party. Show your employees that you care and you will buy the very best barbecue that money can buy. And this is something that they will be literally talking about for years. Say goodbye to turnover, say goodbye to unhappy employees. You hook them up with a Barbecue Institute offsite party and they are very happy indeed. Now, for details on the Barbecue Institute class, visit the website BBQinstitute.com or check out their Facebook page for the latest news and pictures. Once again, that's BBQinstitute.com and we'll be talking about. Or not even about him. We'll be talking to Conrad Haskins here a little bit later in the show. We're coming back with Jeff Brown from Wildcatters Q Crew. Stick around. We'll be right back.
3: 14
0: past the hour, 877-448-0433. Greg at Show.com are the two ways to get in touch with the show. Survey Tuesday questions, if you are interested in that. Are ceramic cookers overrated? Is the Sam's Club National Tour good or bad for barbecue? And hot and fast, or low and slow, we'll get those along with uh, some of the other Chat room members' ideas here for Survey Tuesday. All right, my first guest tonight will be advancing to the St. Charles, Missouri Regional Finals at the Sam's Club National Tour that'll take place on September 29th. Thanks to his winning of the Sam's Club local event this past weekend in Midwest City, Oklahoma. And here to recap that weekend for us, Pitmaster of Wildcatters Q crew, Jeff Brown joining us here on the show. Jeff, how are you, bud?
1: Great.
0: Good, Jeff. I appreciate you making time for us. And I know you're on your way to Las Vegas as we speak to get ready for the AMC Barbecue Throwdown this coming weekend. You know, Before we get into Sam's Club win, Jeff, for those that aren't familiar with Wildcatters Q Crew, can you give me a little background about yourself and when you decided to jump into competition barbecue? Uh,
1: we was actually uh, selling smokers. We, uh, we was doing that on the side, and uh, we attended a... a uh, a uh, competition and that was back in 2005. Been hooked ever since.
0: Did you, uh, did you like compete the first time and win and like hook, line, and sinker? You just had fun doing it.
1: No, I turned in some leather and uh, <laughs> that chicken was not finger licking good.
0: No, <laughs> still hooked nonetheless, though, huh? Do what I said you were still hooked nonetheless.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Always have loved to uh, to, uh, to cook. I uh, had a little bit of uh, culinary skills. I uh, took some school on that back, uh, oh, I guess I would have been about 18 years old. And I uh, had my own restaurant uh, shortly after that for a short time. And, uh, yeah, I've always loved to cook.
0: Jeff Brown joining us here on the show from Wildcatters Q Crew. Uh, Jeff, I've talked to a number of pitmasters since the inception of the Sam's Club Tour last year. You know, the majority of them very positive about the whole thing. But recently, I've gotten some detractors, and the biggest complaint is that some of the local events that had been established for years prior to Sam showing up are now taking teams away. Some of those events are even being canceled. You know, you travel around quite a bit. You talk to other pitmasters, Jeff. Do you hear a lot of this talk, or do you hear any of that talk at all? Uh,
1: it, it has affected uh, some of the contests. I think uh, uh, this year, uh, at least in our area, I think some of that's uh, some of that has been uh, worked out. Last year, it did create some problems.
0: How, how do you personally feel about it? What's your take on it?
1: Uh, you know, Sam's is a great event. Uh, we we just uh... we need to get more people. Uh, Involved in barbecue to cover the to come to make up the difference.
0: There you go. All right, Jeff. So let's take a look at this past weekend. I mean, you really can't finish any higher than you did because you you won in the overall sense. And we'll get back to the individual categories here in just a second. You know, but as you look back on the weekend as a whole, how did the cook go for you? Was there anything out of the ordinary that you had to contend with out there? Uh,
1: Weather-wise, we had a beautiful weekend. Um, we did have some uh, a couple of issues that we uh, that we had to correct, um, but as far as the weekend in a whole, we had a great weekend.
0: What are you cooking on, Jeff?
1: We are cooking on two stump stretch smokers.
0: Are those the offsets? Are those the offset cookers, Jeff?
1: Yeah, the gravity-fed offset.
0: Okay. And how long have you been cooking on those? Uh, we've been on those for two and a half years. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, all right, so let's take a look at the individual categories here. Chicken, uh, and we'll kind of run down through them as they happen in a competition. So uh, chicken's always first called. Uh, you end up getting 11th overall. Uh, I'm sure they were calling top 10 just like they usually do at the Sam's Club. So you don't get a call right off the bat. After you get the 11th result, as you look back at chicken as a category, how did you feel about it that day?
1: Uh, we felt pretty good about our chicken that day, actually. Uh, I, I, it, it, it kind of surprised me. Chicken's really been one of our strongest categories. Um, so after the call didn't come in chicken, you know, we really didn't know what we were in store for. It.
0: <laughs> Is it one of those things where, you know, if you get the call in chicken, you kind of have a better whole feeling about the event or does it not necessarily shake out that way for you most of the time
1: uh, no not necessarily um, uh we did have a time or two last year i think where we didn't receive call and chicken and and uh didn't come out uh doing decent in the contest but then there was a uh, a couple of contests where we didn't get a call and chicken and uh you know the it didn't do well in the other categories either.
0: All right, so eleventh uh, overall. Then you go to ribs, so you get third, which is great. There was twenty nine teams, so you did substantially better than most. How did you feel about the ribs turning?
1: We felt we felt good about the ribs. Uh, they went just. Uh, they was par for what we've what we've been doing. We had a change in ribs uh, about mid last year. They really. They really hurt us uh, at the beginning of last year. We couldn't, I couldn't get it together on the ribs, so I, I turned that over to another teammate, which is my father, <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he tweaked them and and uh, seems to be doing well with them at this time.
0: Are you guys cook in loin backs, or you do the spare ribs?
1: We do the spares.
0: Okay, and you uh, trim them down St. Louis style.
1: Yes, we do.
0: All right, and uh, then you have pork. So tenth place in pork, uh, right at uh, where they're starting to, to to end the calls. Are you just happy to get a call? Were you happy with the pork that day?
1: Yeah, yeah, we was just happy to happy to get a call there in pork. Uh, there again, pork last year that was one of our stronger categories. So uh, yeah, we was definitely glad to hear a name called there.
0: You know, I've talked to a bunch of pitmasters even just this year jeff and one thing that seems to almost be kind of a common thread and nobody can really seem to put their finger on it is that they did really well with pork last year and this year there's something that is tripping that up and they can't really seem to put a finger on it um are you guys finding that you know pork is not finishing off as well as it did in years past for you this year um
1: We have seen that. We, we, we generally would, uh, would score slightly higher than what we scored there. Face profiles can change. Uh, we're just going to have to do some experimenting and find out uh, the hard way, you know, what, uh, what we might or might not need to do.
0: Now, always the hard way to do it is the hard way, of course, not to be redundant. Uh, so you get 10th place call and pork. You go to brisket. Uh, you, you take that category uh, without fail. Was the brisket exceptional that day did you did you not think it was a number one brisket by chance
1: uh, it was a nice brisket we cooked actually two nice briskets that day um, i did not uh I, I didn't feel like it was number one but there again we didn't have a lot of number one calls last year in brisket so uh after this weekend uh uh We'll try to repeat. Uh, we'll try to repeat this weekend here and see uh, see what happens.
0: Jeff Brown joining us here on the show from Wildcatters Q Crew. Uh, they won this past weekend's Midwest City, Oklahoma Sam's Club event, and they'll be moving on to the regional in St. Charles, Missouri, on September 29th. Uh, you know, I love asking this question to teams, Jeff. You know, as the overall awards are being announced, because you had three calls. You know, top ten or better, one no call. And I'm w- always wondering where the mind is at. Do you think that the one no call was right there, just kind of hanging outside the top ten, or do you think that you just tanked it all together, and, and who knows what's going to happen? Well, when it, 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 it
1: when they was calling out the top ten, you, you know, I, uh, when they when they made it to, to fifth place, that's when I felt like that it was just outside the gate. Uh, once the third place team was called. um it, it was between uh, it was between Donnie Teal and and, uh, and us, and of course, as, as good as Donnie is, you know, I was feeling like it was probably going to be Donnie, but we was uh, fortunate enough to to uh, to do well enough the chicken in, in the chicken to uh, to pull us through for the grand.
0: Now, I mean, were you keeping some really good track of the other teams that were being called as well? Because I think if we're just looking at the raw numbers, I would imagine that some people would think that after the brisket take you had the best shot at winning uh the event at that point uh
1: well i, I believe donnie kill was called in three categories he i think he had a second place port. is that correct do you have that sheet in front uh, of i you? don't
0: have the exact numbers right in front of me now
1: I, I believe he had a second port and a i know he had a high finish in chicken as well uh or excuse me uh yeah, he had he had uh, second ribs. No pork. Ribs is where I think he came in sixteenth, and that that's where you know it was the difference between where he yep. came in on ribs, and we came in on chicken. That was going to be the decision maker.
0: Jeff Brown joining us here on the show. You know, after the final scores were all tabulated, I mean, you ended up having a ten point gap over uh, Donnie Teal. Uh, Were you surprised that you you won kind of going away a little bit?
1: Yes, I was. (laughs) Yes, I was. That was nice uh, though, right? Nice to get
0: it rolling like that. that. Yeah. Now, I I stated at the top of the interview, Jeff, uh, Wildcaters Q Crew is going to be competing in Las Vegas this weekend. Are you able to roll any kind of momentum into the AMC throwdown because of the win this past weekend, or you just leave that one sit in Oklahoma and start fresh in Las Vegas?
1: Oh, uh, you, you know, it was a, it was a great power boost for us. We needed that, uh, you know, heading out here to Vegas. Um, the Vegas contest, uh, this will be our second year doing it. Of course, last year it was the, uh, USA, uh, barbecue championship. We finished fourth overall last year. Uh, there again, it was great weather, great cook for us. And, uh, uh, but the Midwest City, it it we we needed that boost.
0: Are you guys fans of the Smoke on the Water events? You like what Ronnie Cates and his crew are doing for competition barbecue and what they have been doing for the last you know handful of years?
1: Uh, yeah, I think Ronnie does a great job.
0: Because you like the money, or do you just like the way the events are run? Because <laughs> he puts well, on it's, some it's, big money contests now.
1: Yeah, it, it is a money contest, but. Uh... It's it's the the things that take place at the contest as well, you know, like like this weekend, for instance. I mean, combining it with the, the AMC Music Awards, you know, that's that that's great. Uh, when he has them at the at the uh, NASCAR tracks, I think that's you know that's they go together.
0: You know, I, I'm wondering, Jeff, and you travel around quite a bit. Do you find that flavor profiles will differ? You know, you were in Oklahoma this past weekend. You're going to be in Nevada this coming. Do you have to make any type of an adjustment, or will you just hold firm to the processes that you're using because they are working pretty well for you right now and just let the chips fall where they may?
1: Well, uh, in the past, I have made the adjustments and changes. This year, I'm going to try to uh, stick with the same flavor profiles wherever we cook. Um, for instance, we cooked a contest in uh, in Phoenix last year, early in the year, and I changed my profiles, and we didn't do well at all. So, uh, we're just going to stick with the same game this year and, and see how it turns out. Um, I know a lot of other cooks uh, on the circuit, I, you know, we've visited about it. I think they've, uh, I've spoken with a lot of them that, that do the traveling, and they, they claim they that leaves the profiles the same wherever they cook, so I'm going to try to jump on that trail and see how that works out.
0: Jeff Brown, the pitmaster of Wildcatters Q Crew, joining us here on the show. All right, Jeff, let me transition a little bit. I mean, obviously, uh, can competition barbecue, barbecue in general, the industry, the you know, all of this fascination has continued to grow hand over fist, especially it seems over the last three, five, six years and you're seeing it more and more on television. Uh, Recently, John Marcus announced that Pitmasters Season 3 is going to make it to air. Uh, Is that something that you guys uh, had auditioned for? And I guess more importantly, as a consumer of barbecue and and a supporter of barbecue, is that a TV show that you're excited about seeing coming back on the air, or do you think you'd rather just see that effort go off and die in the corner yet?
1: Oh, I I like to see it come back on the air. I think it does great for for the... uh, for the barbecue community, I think it helps get more folks involved in it. Uh, lets them know a little bit about what it's like. I, although I would like to see uh, a little more of the season one profile um, that really lets people know what it's really like out on the barbecue circuit. But uh, hey, I, I think it's great. I, I think it. Uh, I, you know, I hope they can run uh, many more seasons.
0: Is that some? Is that a show you would like to get on at some point?
1: Well, we sent the audition, and if they would give us a call, we would talk to them about it.
0: All right, so I'll take that as a yes. Jeff Brown joining us here on the show. Uh, Jeff, you want to uh, take the Survey Tuesday questions with me here? Sure. All right, here we go. First one taking them tonight. Survey Tuesday questions. Question number one. Are ceramic cookers overrated?
1: No.
0: All right.
3: Overpriced?
0: Maybe overpriced or no? Uh,
1: Overpriced? (laughs) Yes.
0: Okay. (laughs) Uh, Question number two. I think I'm going to know the answer to this question here, but I'll ask you anyway. Uh, Is the Sam's Club National Tour good or bad for barbecue?
1: The Sam's Tour? Correct. It's good.
0: All right. Good it is. And question number three. In the words of Clint Cantwell from Smoke in the Eye, hot and fast or low and slow? Low and slow. Traditional. Love it. All right, Jeff, thanks for uh, taking that with me. Jeff Brown is the pit master of the Wildcatters Q crew. You'll find them in Las Vegas this coming weekend trying to take the AMC Barbecue Throwdown Championship. Uh, moving on to the regional finals for the Sam's Club National Tour in September in St. Charles, Missouri. Jeff, appreciate the time tonight. Congratulations on the win this past weekend, and good luck in Vegas. Thanks for coming on tonight.
1: Hey, thank you.
0: You Good talking to you. Thanks. There he is, Jeff Brown, Wildcats, pulling a big win this past weekend. So they will be advancing on. Good to advance on now. I guess that's why you do it. All right, let me get rid of that. Trying to make some quick notes here for my next guest. All right, so here are the Survey Tuesday questions again in case you missed it. uh, Question number one, are ceramic cookers overrated? Question number two, is the Sam's Club National Tour good or bad for barbecue? And question number three, hot and fast or low and slow? I don't know if you saw this. Did you see this? That's right. Breaking news here brought to you by the good folks at the barbecue group. Reporting live from Cleveland, Ohio, the American Royal buys the National Barbecue Hall of Fame dated March 26th from Jane's Dornbrook. The American Royal Association has acquired the assets of the National Barbecue Hall of Fame, which the association hopes could be a feature of its proposed facility. The National Barbecue Hall of Fame was the American Royal bought for an undisclosed amount no names, please, but I heard it was bags and bags of cash. <laughs> Kidding. Uh, undisclosed amount consists only of a website. I believe the uh, Mike from Hog Guys was part of that. I believe Ray Basso from the Barbecue Forum was uh, part of that at some point. Um, all his websites look the same. Uh, it has seven members. The hall currently has seven members. Uh, Rich Davis, Fred Gould, Speed Herrig, Mike Mills, Carolyn Wells, Gary Wells, and John Willingham. We are now the home of the National Barbecue Hall of Fame at the American Royal and plan on installing three new inductees at this year's event, American Royal CEO Bob Peterson said in a release. We also plan on establishing a more permanent presence for the Hall of Fame in our news-proposed facility. The American Royal wants to raise the Kemper Arena in kansas city and replace it with the agricultural events center in march it hired a team of professionals to come up with the proposals for financing the project the hall of fame's inaugural induction ceremony will be in kansas city on october 6th during the 33rd annual american royals world series of barbecue which is october 4th and 7th so there you go the american royal buying the national barbecue hall of fame okay here we go gang if you're like me then you're always trying to think of ways that you my friends that you can step up your barbecue and grilling game take it up a notch, and look there's no better way no easier way than doing that a little butcher barbecue addition to the arsenal need some validation before you head on over to butcherbbq.com to order fine how about this last three winners of the houston livestock barbecue contest have all used and won with Butcher Barbecue. Top teams in KCBS, FBA, IBCA, they all use Butcher Barbecue products. How about the fact that the pitmaster of Butcher Barbecue uses Butcher Barbecue products? Well, all that did was get them a third overall in KCBS Team of the Year in 2011. Need I say more? Now, look, we all know that Butcher's is well-known for the injections, the pork, the beef. Now, this prime injection, which has combined all the things loved from their beef injection, using it award-winning enhancer, and its ability to keep your brisket juicy then they've combined it with what has become the competition standard in beef lake. It's available for sale right now at butcherbbq.com and perhaps you're looking for a go-to rubber sauce. Look, you've hit the mother load right here. Butcher BBQ has a full line of award-winning rubs. One of my personal favorites is that steak and brisket rub. But go ahead and grab some honey rub for crying out loud or that a premium barbecue rub Uh, the punny rub garnered a lot of internet recognition last year try that premium rub like i just mentioned especially if you inject with butchers because it's formulated to work with the injection It's a perfect one-two punch to impress judges and friends alike and last but not least butchers barbecue sweet barbecue sauce look when it comes to sauce i'm as picky as it gets but butchers sweet sauce wins in every category for me not overly sweet a nice hint of tang just the right amount of back-end heat and you know me, no liquid smoke whatsoever. Dave took the time and effort to make a quality sauce, and he didn't take the easy way out by adding some of that crap to the sauce. And by crap, I mean liquid smoke. Grab a bottle of six. You'll thank me for it later. And no worries on breaking the bank of shipping when it comes either. Orders at $55 or less ship at 7 bucks. $56 and up ship at $9. Cheap. Head on over to butcherbbq.com and stock up now. That's butcherbbq.com butchers barbecue always trust your butcher all right we're going to uh, wrangle up robin lindars and we'll be talking to her about memphis in may i uh, don't forget survey tuesday as well ceramic cookers overrated sam's club national tour good or bad for barbecue hot and fast or low and slow you're listening to the barbecue central radio show right here on the barbecue central radio network stick around We'll be right back
3: Get in the smoke. Call 877 448 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, mean sound Suburban, superb Let's go!
0: Welcome back. Almost 37 till the top of the hour. Shots, Thanks again to son. Jeff Brown for Wild hatters Q Crew talking about the win over at the Sam's Club event this past weekend in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Also, uh, second hour we got Conrad Haskins, and we also have Dave Bosca from Butcher Barbecue Buck. Notwithstanding that, we race over to the hotline and bring up monthly contributor to the show, friend of the show, Robin Lindars. Robin, how are you?
2: I'm great, how are you?
0: Doing absolutely fabulous, Robin. Uh, you know, what's happening over at uh, grillgirl.com these days?
2: Well, you know, it's always grilling season for us, but grilling season is is kind of ramping up for everyone else. So just, you know, I just made three more webisodes, and I had a... Uh, Thermapen actually had some involvement with with that, which was really cool. And just, you know busy doing a lot of freelancing stuff i do a lot of writing and there's some other stuff that's confidential that i can't tell you about but about in about six months i can tell you about it'll be really six fun. six months to about.
0: six months thanks for bringing it up now i'll forget i'll forget in six minutes
2: i know i have something really exciting that i'm dying to tell everyone but i can't so all right i'll turn I'm off all the trouble. i'll turn
0: off all the microphones go ahead just give me a little uh, little insider go ahead nobody's listening
2: No, but I'll tell you soon enough. Okay. um, And of course, getting ready for Memphis in May.
0: Now, let me. We're going to get to that here in a second, Robin. But about these webisodes, like, what is it all about? For the, you know, there's some barbecue people here in the chat room. They're not very technically savvy. What goes into a webisode? Why are you doing it? Who are you doing it for? Is it just for the site? What's up with that?
2: Um, so I'll give you the history on me doing some webisodes. As you know, uh, my my day job, I work in PR. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, I just hit something on my screen. Can you see me? Okay.
0: Yes, absolutely.
2: <laughs> so I had an article in the Miami Herald last year, and um, a producer reached out to me. And um, you know, I had done some kind of just like YouTube-ish type stuff, like home videos for McCormick's uh, before, and just you know, some stuff on my own, just with a handheld camera and. Um, and this producer reached out to me and said, do you want to do some webisodes together and see if we can put something together to maybe create, like, a web series? And um, so it's actually, like, really high quality with, like, an HD camera and a whole production crew, which means you actually have to go out and find sponsors and whatnot. And um, it's, it's like a production. I mean, you have, like, a food stylist, if, you're, if we have the budget for it, and hair and makeup and you know uh, just it's crazy but it's fun and it's a lot of really good experience so actually the goal is like eventually to put together like maybe a sizzle reel and see if we can get picked up sometime and we'll see what happens
0: sounds exactly uh, sounds exactly like this show makeup hair (laughs) oh geez oh pete well
2: I know. Now that you're doing this whole like video Skype thing, I had to go put makeup on because, you know, I mean, I work from home, so it's kind of rare if I get dressed up.
0: Yeah, well, you know, so. I, had to, I had to slim down. You know, I used to have the big cans on the ears. I've gone to the little uh, earpiece and the thing there. So, you know, it's kind of streamline it a little bit. I understand. I mean, you know, makeup for you, it's earpieces for me, whatever. Um,
2: well, you look good and the new site looks good, too.
0: Thank you. I appreciate thank that. You. Now, yeah. uh, and we're, by the way, I'm sorry, we're talking with Robin Lindars from uh, GrillGrill.com. That's G-R-R-R-L.com if you want to check that out. Uh, are the webisodes uh, just specific to your website? Are they going anywhere else?
2: Um, you know, what uh, Thermoworks will probably do is place them a lot of places because they actually are doing some, some commercials at the beginning of the webisode. mm mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, just primarily for the web, and uh, they're just video recipes. One is about, and these will probably come out in a couple months, if not, like the next couple weeks. Um, they're just in editing right now. One is about just proper internal cooking temperatures, you know, for, like, fish, pork, red meat, chicken, just, you know, you know, just reaching the proper internal temperature and pulling the meat off just so you don't overcook or undercook and, you know, weird your friends out. And then um, some video recipes. I actually did a... A grilled cocktail, which was fun, and then just my favorite wing recipe, which is my my old standard favorite wing recipe. So,
0: anything with the uh, terms ass blaster in it. <laughs>
2: Those wings are definitely ass blast wings, that's
0: for sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, we'll be looking for the webisodes. And, you know, I mean, as far as recipes, let me ask you this, because I've talked to John Dawson about it. Uh, Next time I have Chris Grove on, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about him here in a second as well. You know, one thing that fascinates me about bloggers, and I guess, you know, when you're in the niche, I have a little bit more of a fascination because we all like to grill and barbecue and all that stuff. But, you know, for me, I go go in uh, in the grocery store, and I have a list and I shop off the list and I would never look at like cranberries and then look, you know, gaze delicately down the other aisle and see like a pork thing. And then there's sauerkraut in between. And all of a sudden, like there's like a recipe happening. Is that something that happens with you? I mean, how do you get these uh, these recipes and the, and the uh, inspiration to come up with this stuff? Because you have to continually put content on the blog to keep it fresh.
2: No, you're right. And sometimes I'm like racking my brain and trying to like figure out, like I'm actually doing a, um, a contest on my site right now to give away an immersion blender, which is awesome for making barbecue sauce and marinades. Um, and you know, the requirements are just leave your far- favorite, marinade recipe on the site to be eligible to win because, a lot of it is is brainstorming for me too, and you know when I get feedback from my readers, it can really um, inspire me on, on things that they're having success with. But truthfully, you know, a lot of my my recipes come from lack of planning. <laughs> so um, I'm not always. I, even when I try to be very planned and try a recipe, God knows I'll go to the grocery store and forget something. And and half the time, my, my best recipes will come when I. I'm too lazy to go to the store and just really have to come up with something like doing my own little mini version of chopped with myself, you know? So, um, but a lot of it is too, like I, I read a lot of other blogs and I, I look at Pinterest a lot to see food trends and, and things that are kind of trending. And I also try to think seasonally about what's going to be coming up, like from a season, like Easter's coming up. So I'm trying to kind of think about All right, what do I might want to do with like lamb or ham or you know a casserole? Even though I never make casseroles, but you know just things that might be relevant to the the time of year. If I can, you know, be organized enough to do it, and and also by if you can pre plan for for major events and title them accordingly on your site, you know, for for events that people might search. Say like for example. Uh, Super Bowl recipes, then you're you're going to get yourself more traffic based on search volume as well. So that's kind of how I think about it.
0: Robin Lindar is joining Robin. us here on the show from grillgirl.com. All right, Robin, so uh, you were down last year at Memphis in May. Uh, you know, Your dad is one of my uh, favorite fans ever on the face of the year. Shout out to Eddie. And I can't believe I just said shout out. I said I would never say that, but I, I can make the exception for it.
2: Shout out's a good word. There's nothing to even replace shout out. It's
0: so overused. It's one of the worst words ever. I hate that term and I just fell victim to myself. So I'll give myself lashings for that after the show and when the camera's off. Uh, Also, you're going to be with uh, Chris Grove from Nibble Me This who writes a fantastic blog and uh, we'll have him on next month as a guest as well. But, you know, you seem to become very fascinated with Memphis and May. You're going to be taking place. Is it just going to be in People's Choice? Are you actually going to go all in and compete in the Memphis and May uh, traditional competition as well?
2: Well, I don't, you know, I don't know how much I've explained this to you, but you know, my dad and I we met up with Neil, who's kind of like the the pig ma- the pig master the pit master.
0: <laughs> for, <laughs> pig master's um, fine. <laughs>
2: that's a that's a good word for it, that term. Um, of two Sauce to pork, we met up through my blog because I had actually talked about how it was, you know, one of my dad's like lifelong dreams to go to Memphis in May, and so we we really just joined the first year as as kind of just hanging out and learning about the process. And then last year, um, my dad and I entered ancillary categories. He did mustard sauce and I did the coleslaw. And this year, we're really taking a bigger part by doing the people's choice. I mean, we'll be around and hanging out for ribs and and the other stuff, but but at the end of the day, that's kind of meals. Everybody kind of has their category that they do, but it's still a team effort and at the end of it I'm still blogging and and you know recording as much of it as I can so I can just really you know kind of share the experience with other people and and for myself I'm I'm trying to learn but I think this year for us will be a lot more serious because in, in years past like even though I did Coleslaw last year I mean let's face it I did a lot of networking and partying too so so this category is really going to um, I'm going to have to be more disciplined because it's a two day turn in and we're going to have to cook overnight and we're going to be, you know, setting a schedule for ourselves and and really preparing because we're we want to kick ass and and represent well for our team.
0: Wow. Sounds like zero fun when you put it like that. Oh, my goodness. Well, (laughs) do you. Do you ever fancy yourself or do you ever see yourself maybe in a year from now or three years from now actually taking part in the actual competition that, you know, you would eventually be called like grand champion of a pork or ribs or, uh, or whole hog or anything like that?
2: Well, you know, our team does ribs. And I mean, if we walk the stage, we would all walk the stage together because we're a team. So and I think we have a pretty good chance, to tell you the truth. We did pretty well last year. And I since I've been on the team, this will be my third year. They seem to be doing better and better every year. And they've always done well as, you know, they're a younger team. So I think there's a lot of potential to really kick some ass this year. And um, I have to give a shout out to my, my team members because they, they're they really all really cool guys and they let me join the team. And, and they're very all, much all about, like, supporting team karma and letting other, like, newbies, um, you know, kind of get a feel for the experience because Memphis and May can also be very uh, cliquish if you will, because it takes a, part of my friend's shit ton of money to compete in Memphis in May. And you really need to have a lot of sponsorships. And uh, they've been very open about letting new people join, which I think is, is very cool and, and very uh, representative of how awesome the barbecue community at large can be. Uh, I
0: don't so, know if, it's, if uh, it's, it's possible, but could you possibly, possibly, possibly quantify possibly a shit ton of money? Ton. So like six <laughs> zeros, seven <laughs> zeros?
2: Well, I think that an entrance fee, and I'm not totally sure about this, is at least at a starting point of four grand. And if you see some of the uh, teams there, I mean, with the huge scaffolding, you know, uh, structures they build and everything, I bet that easily people spend for some of the bigger tents there, like thirty to sixty grand. Wow. I mean, when you see teams that are sponsored by companies like FedEx, you've got to wonder, like, wow. That's that's this is serious business, you know, Yeah,
0: that's some huge money. I mean, it looked like uh, two sauce to pork is in the chat room said that they spent 11 grand last year. I mean, that is some huge money. There's a lot of KCBS competitions that don't even pay out half that during the course of a weekend. So I can't imagine dropping 11 grand and then walking away without any money to to recoup that expense. That's got to hurt
2: exactly and it, and because of the the cost it also really kind of um, I would say makes it very hard to compete you know not everyone's even if they're a really awesome barbecue person or competitor I mean that's a pretty hefty price tag so I think that um, two sauce to pork has a the model that that's working for them and and probably could be copied by other teams because they have uh, they've been successful and, and they've let New people, you know, from other regional barbecue teams join in. Like, even though they're a Memphis-based team, they've had people from New England barbecue associations come in. I mean, my dad represents um, South Carolina Barbecue Association. I represent the FBA, so it's very um, diverse, which I think is super cool.
0: Absolutely, so. Robin. And one
2: thing I have to mention too yep. is that we are trying out the Grilla pellet smoker this year. We're kind of they're kind of testing out competition barbecue on us. Um, which I think is neat because I've never used one before, and I keep hearing you know really good things about about pellet smokers. So I think it'll be cool to see it in action.
0: Well, I and mean, see how it
2: does uh, on the circuit.
0: I have had one probably for the last four and a half months. Uh, I've actually kind of had like had to come out of the closet because I was one of those guys who thought pellet cookers were kind of cheating, especially for the backyard person and uh, after I realized that I was immediately in love with the cooker, I had to come clean the next show. And look, I mean, who doesn't like having a lot of space? It's a very unique-shaped item. It's got the sliding hood instead of the lift-up hood. It's got a nice 20-pound hopper. It's got the thermostatic. I mean, you plug it in, you turn it on... You put the foil over the deflector shield, and then you go ahead and you know get your stuff prepped and ready to go on there while it's getting up the temperature. I mean, the thing couldn't be any easier to work, and it gets a lot of airtime here. Uh, not because they didn't—they've never asked me to talk about it once. They just want me to give them feedback. But I like talking about it because I'm so happy with the product. Have you actually been around it at all and used it?
2: No, I haven't. Oh, so I'm you're going to love it. I my mean, you know that as a Traeger, but I've been a little bit skeptical. I have to say because.
0: For I, don't as, know. For I love as,
2: my egg, and I love my Weber, and I'm kind of hardcore about my two grills. So,
0: for as easy as the big green egg is to fire up and keep a temperature, this one is five thousand times easier. So, you know, we like okay, to play with nice. fire, and we like to see fire happen, and all that. And you still get to see all that with the gorilla because on the front a little windshield you can see when the fire pot stokes up and you have the Grilla logo with fire coming behind it, so you still satisfy the pyromania within you. But it it does take a lot of um, error away and it imparts a nice smoke flavor. So, I mean, I'm a big fan of it. What can I say? I mean, it's $1,500, and that includes the shipping wherever you are in the 48 states. So it's not completely out of range when you're talking about price. And again, to me, it's unique. It doesn't look like anything else out there. And I think, you know, you probably figured out by now, you know, standing out is something that uh, I don't mind doing uh, or breaking out of the box. You know, I don't like to live in the four squares. So this kind of seems to fit my personality as well. I think you're going to love it.
2: I like that about you too, Greg. I think that's, um, and being a girl, and this sounds totally vain, but, you know, sometimes I'll look at a girl and I'll think, now, how would that look on my patio? You know, and that's that's just like a patio-bling type thing for me. I mean, if they... It happens. It happens. You know, at the end of the day, I mean, I have to stare at it when I walk outside. I want it to match and, and look good. So I'm not going to lie that the way they look, you know, that's part of my opinion as well. Because... Yeah. It is what
0: it is. <laughs> and, you know, it is kind of a, a conversational piece, as I, as I think you'll you'll get to know, too, because I'm sure you have a lot of people asking you about it when you're down there. Uh, we're talking with Robin Lindars, the grill girl. Again, you can find her at grillgirl.com. Uh, girl is G-R-R-R-L.com, so make sure you spell it right, or you can just link through the post-show notes here. Uh, Robin, always appreciate the time. We'll look for you again next month.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me and, and just as a quick shout out I am looking for contributors for grill girls so if you have a recipe you want to share um, you know I always need really good content and, and a decent photo because it is it's hard to pull a bunch of awesome recipes out all the time so and I know you guys are all really good cooks so if you want to share something and be published um, shoot me an email Robin with dot medlin at gmail.com and y'all have an awesome night
0: all right thanks for coming on Robin there she is. Robin Linda is joining us here on the show. Uh, again, grillgrill.com uh, with three R's in the middle there. G-R-R-R-L dot com. All right, a little over there, but when I can talk about the uh, gorilla cooker I will talk about the grilla cooker every time I can. What can I say? Fell in love with a pellet cooker. Sorry, I didn't want it to happen. Getting a public service message for our, all the barbecue brothers and sisters that are listening right now. Steve DeFranco from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a barbecue junkie. Being married to a barbecue maniac can be trying for these ladies and men. Think about all the nonsense a barbecue wife or husband has to put up with. Let me give you a few examples. You're always making a huge mess in the kitchen. All you think about is barbecue. You're watching on the TV. You have these books and the websites. You watch a Tuesday night internet radio show, for crying out loud, that thinks it's a television show. We leave sticky barbecue sauce on the cabinet doors, in the silverware drawer, on the kitchen table, on chairs, on the car, on the dog. To you, your clothes smell great when they're covered with this barbecue smoke. To your significant other, they stink. You know, how many years has she been putting up with this? The shelves full of jars of barbecue sauce, some open, some half open spice cabinet full of jars and rubs and all that great stuff. You don't even remember. You even have it for crying out loud. You know, when was the last time you bought her a nice piece of jewelry? Call Steve at Stephen DeFranco Jewelers and he can help. Heck, he has to get himself out of trouble with his wife because of his own barbecue addiction. So he knows exactly where you're coming from. Now whether you participate in competition, barbecue or just barbecue for fun, taking care of your wife by showing her how much you love her with a beautiful diamond anniversary ring from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is just a ticket for her, allowing you to continue to mess up the kitchen with all your barbecue insanity. Now, you're probably thinking that treating her to a new anniversary ring will break the bank and ruin plans for a new grill or smoker. Poppycock! The Diamond Anniversary... Did I just say poppycock? The Diamond Anniversary Rings at Stephen DeFranco Jewel started under $500. Not only does Steve stock great quality, but if you go to StephenDeFranco.com, You can see lots of great styles and really great prices as well. And as always, Steve has a very special barbecue brother and sister deal just for you. Here's how it works. You go on to stephendefranco.com. You pick out a new diamond anniversary ring. And then you call Steve at this number, 440-943-2700. That's 440-943-2700. And you tell me you're a barbecue brother or a sister, and it'll give you an additional 50 bucks off the already discounted price to help you pay for taking your wonderful wife out to a non-barbecue dinner. As always, Steve ships the ring out to you for free, so you don't have to worry about that either. stephendefranco.com, the website, and then call Steve and ask for him directly. 440-943-2700. Stephen DeFranco Jewelers, located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio. We're coming back to wrap the second hour, <coughs> first hour here. Stick around. We'll be right back.
3: Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host <laughs> willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central
0: Show. Who would have thought this music? We're coming was up on three minutes long. till the top of the hour, this. and I this is going to be quick, so I apologize. Survey Tuesday questions: Are ceramic cookers overrated? Is the Sam's Club National Tour good or bad for barbecue? Hot and fast, or low and slow? Go ahead and uh, fire it up there on the chat room so I can check it out. Rob and I apologize; I didn't ask you the Survey Tuesday question. So go ahead and weigh in if you would like to as well. Eight seven seven four four eight zero four three three. Greg at thebbqcentralshow dot I'll go ahead and take the survey Tuesday. Are ceramic cookers overrated? Absolutely not. Absolutely 100% not overrated. Potentially overpriced. I wish uh, Big Steel Keg was still in business or didn't change hands 10 times over the last two or three years. Because that would have been great. That was a, a less expensive option that still gave you all of the benefits of a ceramic-style cooker, but it wasn't made out of the ceramics. It was dual-wall steel, and it had a bunch of commercial-grade insulation in between the two walls, and it was absolutely fabulous. Same same idea, you know, standing up. You had the vent on the bottom. You had the chimney on the top. But if we're looking at Primo's and grill domes and big green eggs, are they overrated? No. And I almost could make an argument on why they are not... Overpriced as well because to me, and I've said it before on a number of different podcasts, ceramic cookers are two in one. You're going to get an, a unit that is able to hold the low and slow cooking temperatures, which you might not be able to get with any other type of cooker. It might not be able to ramp up and get to the higher uh, grilling temperatures. And it does allow you to go wide open on top and bottom and get up to 750, 800 degrees. So you're able to do both. That's why I call it the hybrid cooker. You're able to do low and slow as long as you want to. You're able to do hot and fast uh, as much as you want to. And it does equally very well. And on top of all of that, there are fuel misers. The amount of charcoal that you need to use to keep one up and running for hours and hours on end is completely... Whoa! whoa, 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 whoa. I wasn't paying attention to time there. I apologize. Um, come on, come on. Let me let me get back there. Let me get back there. Um, is it is it nearly the amount that it would normally take? So check that out. Uh, don't know anything about the new Char Griller Kamado Don, but I'll keep an eye out on that. All right, uh, let's go ahead and get ready for the second hour. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Network.
3: Understand
0: my intention. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show.
1: We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to.
4: Fine. How's it going?
2: <laughs>
1: you have a great show of a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. It's all about the charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate 50 for wiener.
0: Oh, listen, LaBernia, it's a shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> you could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills.
1: I just like being anywhere with
0: Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds <laughs> like a whole type of movie.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah, really. <laughs> it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Hmm.
0: Top men. Alright, just like that, we are into the second hour. 877 448 Greg at the BBQ Central Those are the two ways to get in touch with the show. Quick recap. Last hour, we had Jeff Brown from Wildcatters Q Crew. We talked about their winning of the Midwest City, Oklahoma event for Sam's Club. They'll be moving on to the regional round. So if you'd like to weigh in on that, you're more than welcome to do that. We also uh, talked with Robin Lindars, uh, gave us a little insight onto the webisodes that she's making in conjunction with ThermoWorks, which makes the best thermometer ever on the face of the earth, the ThermoPen. (laughs) He's also giving away an immersion blender if you leave your favorite marinade. So you want to race over there, grillgirl.com. And grill is G-R-R-R-L.com, grillgirl.com. i link that up, Robin, so people can get their hand at winning an immersion blender. And uh, we were going over some Survey Tuesday questions, which are as follows. Are ceramic cookers overrated? Uh, I maintain they are not overrated. Potentially not even overpriced because it's two cookers in one, low and slow, and uh, the ability to do high-temperature cooks as well. uh, Question number two, is the Sam's Club National Tour good or bad for barbecue? And I have gotten information from people uh, contesting that uh, Sam's Club is not good. And I actually emailed Mike McLeod here uh, just a little bit ago, and here's a reply that I got back from him. Asked him if he had ever heard about it, because I never heard anybody talk about it last year at all. And uh, this year I'm getting uh, more and more email about uh, dissension amongst the Sam's Club likers, the appreciators. And here's what Mike had to uh, talk about. Uh, Yes, they've heard it even on day one, event organizers facing lots of pressure which is the root of the discontent. Uh, One, they are experienced lack of sponsorship support, which is industry-wide, not only in barbecue. Uh, Number two, they really aren't marketers slash sales folks, which means they don't really know how to sell brands on active sponsorships in the first place. Three, they believe KCBS owes them exclusive rights in a territory, which is increasingly hard to do because of the density of contest requests and available weekends even though the board tries to accommodate as much as possible. Number four, they see Sam's as a big corporate evil company that is trying to take over. Mike's bottom line, Sam's is in 30 markets. It's a tiered playoff system. A contest organizers have to find a way to make their contest more compelling, bigger prize purse, different angles, more marketing, etc., in order to uh, get those ones that are suffering now from a competing Sam's event uh, to get them back over the top. And uh, Mike said that he would be happy to come on and talk about it at a later date. So we'll uh, see if that is something that would be worthwhile. But like I said, I never heard anybody complaining about it at all last year when Sam's Club was out. And now this year, a little bit more discontent, let's say. Uh, Hot and fast or low and slow? Um, After my hot and fast pork butt last weekend, uh, I got to say, at least on the bigger cuts, hot and fast. On the ribs, low and slow. That's me. I'd like to hear what you have to say. Ceramic cookers overrated. Sam's Club National Tour, good or bad. And hot and fast or low and slow. What do you know about pink slime? Uh-oh. Oh, my Lord. Pink slime. I said Uh-oh. it. This little monster is making its way around news channels and up and down blogs. And here's what I found pretty cool, and by cool I mean gross and cool at the same time. Uh, recently asked why they agreed to feed pink slime to our children, school lunch officials said it was a drop. It was to drop the price of ground beef by three cents a pound. This disturbing admission should come as no surprise, however, for anyone familiar with the meat industry's notion or notorious willingness to cut costs at the expense of consumers' health. In a study titled, Fast Food Hamburgers, What Are They Really Eating?, pathologists at the Cleveland Clinic dissected burgers from eight different fast food chains to find out what or wasn't inside. Published in the Annals of Diagnostic Pathology, the paper begins with, Most consumers presume that the hamburger they eat is composed primarily of meat, but what did they find? Similar to a previous dissection, they had performed on hot dogs. The researchers discovered waste and byproducts, including connective tissue, nerve tissue, cartilage, bone, and in a quarter of samples, sarcastic parasites. But surely these fillers were in the minority, right? Unfortunately not. After crunching the numbers, the researchers found that the amount of actual meat, which is muscle flesh in the burgers, ranged from 2.1 to 14.8%. Instead of fries, perhaps most food cashiers should be asking you, do you want meat with that? In addition to reducing quality, cutting corners also tends to reduce safety, which is why the pink slime in question is injected with ammonia hydroxide to kill the salmonella and E. coli, which is also called fecal matter, that is often contaminated with. Instead of addressing the contamination issue itself, the meat industry employs a cheap techno-fix to turn, which was once considered waste, into slimy profits. Hate slimy profits. So what do the meat pushers do when cheap chemicals won't do the trick and their products leave the processing plant contaminated with poop? Do they shut down the plant? Order a recall? No, they shift responsibility on the consumer. Raw meats are not idiot-proof, a USDA poultry microbiologist said. They can be mishandled, and when they are, it's like handling a hand grenade. No, it's not, actually. If you pull the pin, somebody's going to get hurt. In other words, if you get sick from contaminated meat, it's your fault. But just how often is meat contaminated? This month, the CDC released their latest national meat survey in response to this question and tested more than 5,000 samples of retail meat products straight off the shelves in California, Colorado, Connecticut, Georgia, Maryland, Minnesota, New Mexico, New York, Oregon, Tennessee, and Pennsylvania. What they found could hardly have been more disturbing. 90% of pork chops, ground beef, ground turkey, and 95% of chicken breasts were all contaminated with poop. Uh-oh. With poop. Stuff. No wonder an Alabama poultry science professor was quoted in the meat industry journal saying it's too expensive not to sell salmonella positive chicken. Of course, not everyone agrees with the notion that the public should willingly assume these risks. Dr. Particia I'm sorry, Patricia Griffin, director of Foodborne Disease Division, the CDC, responded by asking, is it reasonable that if consumers undercooks a hamburger that their three-year-old child dies? Which brings us back to the real question, what's more important, corporate profits or the safety? and health of our loved ones using pink slime as a springboard? Let's make our answer very clear. Uh, I don't want poop on my burger. I don't want poop on my burger. Uh, This was from Michael Greger, M.D., uh, from the Huffington Post. You can find that there at the Huffington Post if you want to. Uh, Let me show you this. Let me go to my thing. When was the last time you were hiking or you were at a sporting event and all of this other stuff, and you were like, you know what, man? It would really be awesome. Let me see here. Okay, he's ready to go. It would really be awesome if I had a can of food that I could just heat up here, right here at the sporting event, and it all did it by itself. Gang, guess what? You're not going to believe your eyes. Here it is. Hot can. Yeah, hot can. This is a can. Spicy beef pasta, bangers and beans. Uh, chefs hate them. And here's what happens uh, about how it works. Let me get to that real quick so you can see it. So you have this uh, inner can. That's funny when I say inner can. So you have this inner can right here. And then you have, as you can see, uh, surrounding the can, you have limestone. And then you have a spike. And there's three different places on the top where you drive the spike. Right here at the top is water, a water jacket. When you pierce the water jacket, the water goes down onto the limestone, and it creates a natural chemical reaction. And uh, this heats the can to 60 to 70 degrees centigrade, which I have no idea what that would be in Fahrenheit. But you pop the top off the can. You put that little uh, plastic lid that you see here on the top underneath, and voila, you have a hot meal uh, right in the can. And you can't buy it here in America. As you can see, it's uh, England-based. But let's take a, a quick look and, and see what kind of a, a menu we have here. So this would be great if you're camping. I mean, I'm not a camper by any stretch of the imagination. But you got the bangers and beans, the beans with balls. <laughs> cheese tomato ravioli i mean look at all this great stuff and it can be done right from the can if you want to look at it a little bit more in depth hotcan.com i have reached out to them to see if they would be willing to uh, do some type of a test during the show have not heard back but we'll keep you updated look gang as many of you know i've gotten my grimy little mitts on a pellet cooker robin and i were just talking about that just a second ago Next thing I did when I got one was called Barbecuers Delight. Why? Because they are widely considered to be the pellet resource for pellet fired cookers. That's right. Whether on the competition trail or in your backyard, folks choose Barbecuers Delight wood pellets more than any other brand for their superior quality and flavor, and you should give them a try as well. And you can find them at bbqrsdelight.com. Now, maybe you don't have a pellet cooker. No problem. You can still take advantage of the pellet revolution on your gas or charcoal grill or smoker by grabbing the cast iron pot option. You buy yourself a nice sampler packet of pellets. You load in about one third cup of those pellets into a pot and then you place it into your cooker or grill and you let that sweet succulent smoke take care of the rest. Now perhaps you're not familiar with pellets. Let me give you a little insight here. When pellets are made, all the air within the cellular structure of the wood is evacuated, thus concentrating the wood into a very dense form, much denser than any natural tree as compared to other wood flavor enhancers, pellets will yield a more intense smoke more quickly which seals the food, locking in natural moisture adding smoke flavor exactly when it's needed. And since pellets have been processed from sawdust by pressure, which generates heat, any contaminants present in the wood are eliminated. The process produces a sterile, smoking wood product of consistent quality, and pellets are easy to use since you don't soak them in water prior to use. It's easy to blend wood flavors, produce consistent results each and every time with the use of Barbecuer's Delight wood pellets. Now, here's a little uh, food for thought. When you're buying the little one-pound bags, that's 100% flavor wood. But if you have a pellet cooker like me, it's a little different. Candy and the folks at the Barbecuer's Delight have determined that a blend of two-thirds oak and one-third fruit wood is the optimum way to go it gives you great btu temperatures for consistent burn but still great smokewood flavor that you're looking for so do yourself a favor grab some barbecuers of light wood pellets right now you visit them at bbqrsdelight.com. check out all the flavors that they have and stop fussing with the sticks and the chunks barbecuers of like the choice of competition cooks and backyard warriors like this guy alike we agree on it barbecuers delight bbqrsdelight.com. When we come back, we will have Conrad Haskins online. Stick around. We'll be right back.
3: Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempy.
0: All right, coming back on 14 past the hour, 877-4480-433. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. The two ways to get in touch with the show. Uh, joining me now, an award-winning barbecue pit master, a teacher of all things barbecue and grilling, someone who has seen not only whole hogs cooked, but whole, ho- uh, whole cows hooked. Head cook for Teddy Bears competition team, sponsor of the show, Conrad Haskins joins us here. Conrad, welcome back. How are you, buddy? Good, Greg. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fabulous. Conrad, always appreciate you making time for the show. You know, I mentioned it right there at the top. You know, a lot of people see whole hog cooks, but you are like one of the few that's actually seen whole. Is it whole cow or whole steer? Or how do you actually term that properly?
5: Whole steers and uh, yeah, whole steers.
0: So I, I remember we talked about the very first time I ever had you on the show. And to see a two hundred pound pig on a spit probably isn't as majestical or perhaps downright frightening as it would see to have like a, a ton a steer that weighs a ton on a spit. I mean, how does that work out exactly?
5: It takes a whole lot longer to do it, um, and it takes a whole lot of labor because it. I, I don't do my whole hogs on a spit, but the whole steers were done on a spit, so those were um, you know just. Turning them constantly for like 24 hours, tending the fire, basting them—it's a whole lot of work.
0: Oh, I can't imagine. And is the uh, barbecue that comes off of that uh, even better than normal? Is it like steak or pulled beef, or how does it how does it come out? Like beef ribs and stuff?
5: You know, it, it, it's completely different. It it, it, it is sliced. It's it, it, it's not pulled. But you know, the, the whole hog. When you do a whole hog, the pulled pork that comes off of it. Has a special flavor which you just can't get from pork shoulder, and it's the same way with beef. When you've cooked the whole animal like that for so long and with so much care and love, the, the flavor just has something magical about it.
0: And Conrad Haskins joining us here on the show. Conrad, if you don't mind me asking, where does Teddy Bear come from exactly?
5: Teddy Bear is my nickname, has been since I was a kid.
0: All right, so something that has stuck right with you. You know, you you run the barbecue institute, a wide array of classes for folks to choose from out there. When did you decide that this was going to be the way you were going to be making your living at the Barbecue Institute?
5: Well, I I decided decided to start teaching in 2004 and had a lot of fun with it. And then I got divorced. And when I got divorced, the ex-wife got the restaurant and I got the barbecue school, which is exactly what I wanted to happen. And I couldn't be more happy just teaching all the time.
0: You you didn't want to stay in the restaurant business anymore?
5: (laughs) Uh, the best analogy I've heard of the restaurant business is it's earning a herd of dairy cows, and I completely agree with that analogy.
0: <laughs> you know, uh, I guess what I find most interesting about Barbecue Institute and the classes, you know, when you look at some price points at some of the other folks who are giving competition cooking classes, Conrad. You know, what kind of crosses your mind? Are, are some of these guys in it for a cash grab? Is it publicity? You know, are they doing it for the right reasons? Because I guess if we're being honest with each other on the whole, your classes probably aren't nearly as expensive as some of these other guys, and your uh, elite list of students almost reads like a who's who of who's gone through your program.
5: Well, I have been very fortunate. I mean, I've been doing this since 2004, so you know a lot of people, when they started out, like Harry Sue and those kind of folks, took my class, and they've gone on to great success. Um I decided very early on I wasn't going to focus on being a competition school. I was going to focus on helping people cook better barbecue. And that does help you win contests, but it's not my main goal. My main goal is to help the backyarder and the restaurateur cook better barbecue. Um, and you know, I can't talk to all these programs. The only competition class that I've been through is Rod Gray's. And I know that he's not holding anything back. And the you know, the proof of that is Look at all his students that have beat him, including me, two weeks after I took his class. I took first place chicken with him cooking right next to me.
0: Proof positive, I would say. Class well worth Absolutely. its money. Absolutely. Uh, Conrad Haskins joining us here on the show. Uh, he runs Barbecue Institute, which you can find at BBQ Institute. .com. All right, so let's go ahead. Uh, you know, school is in session. Get your teacher's cap on there, Teddy Bear. Uh, everyone else, grab your pen and paper. So let's go ahead and we'll talk about some common mistakes uh, that you're seeing as far as cooks making right now, firing up the, the grills and cookers. What are you seeing out there that are common mistakes?
5: Um, well, the common mistakes are, you know, always too much rub, too much smoke, too much heat, and what I call getting too cute. People are trying to do too much. Some of the best briskets I've ever cooked in my life, the only ingredients involved was a brisket, high-quality salt and high-quality pepper and nothing else. And, you know, if, if you've got good technique, you can turn out some of the most amazing brisket you've ever tasted in your life just with those three ingredients.
0: I mean, so how, how, how hard is it for you as someone who is a teacher you know, and, and when I've talked to the pit masters, and it almost kind of ties back to that whole competition class, and you know, are they given for the right reasons? You know, people have always told me, "Look, I, you know, I can sit here and I'll tell you exactly what I use and how much I'm using." This. But there seems to be one kind of important part: how the hell you actually cook it, And if you don't know how to do it right and produce good chicken and pork ribs and pork shoulder and brisket, it doesn't matter if you have all the flavor profiles, if you can't cook it right. So how does one go about? getting the tools and arming themselves with the information on cooking the meat right first, and then we can kind of move on to the flavor profile here second?
5: You know, I think that's a great question. Um, Basically, I can give people the knowledge how to cook it, but they need experience. And what I'm seeing massively out there is people want an autopilot. Well, the thing is, when the autopilot doesn't work, you still need to fly the plane. So you need the pilot, and you need the piloting skills on how to fly the plane when the autopilot isn't working. So it's not a cupcake recipe, which is one of my favorite sayings. And you know how to need to run your pit without a computer running it. Um, You need to know what to do when things go wrong. And I think those are the two big things. Experience, knowing how to run your pit without a computer running it, That really gives you the confidence to succeed. Whereas, you know, somebody who's following exactly the recipe that Rod Gray gave them and they've got a computer running their pit, on a good day, they might very well take first place. But what separates the men from the boys is when things go wrong, do you have the experience to still be able to succeed when your computer broke, um, it was blowing sideways, it was the middle of a blizzard, you were trying to cook at 9,000 feet at 20 degrees Fahrenheit, you know, that's where really experience, which I can't teach, comes into play. And too many people now want this cupcake recipe, and it's not a cupcake recipe. It's experience and skill and knowledge based on a solid foundation, which really is what's going to make you a pit master versus a computer operator.
0: Conrad Haskins joining us here on the show, uh, talking a little bit about how to get that meat uh, prepared correctly. So, you know, after you've put in the time, you learn the pit, uh, you're able to, I don't wanna say master. Uh, can, can, do you think you can ever reach, uh, are you ever mastering the art of cooking it, or is it something that you're always evolving and you're always learning?
5: Well, my expression long before I ever got into barbecue was if you stop learning, you start dying. And I've talked <laughs> to t- t- people in barbecue, outside of barbecue, if 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 you're not learning from what's going on, even if you're a master in your field and you've been there for forty, fifty years, you really you, you've got an attitude problem because there is always, always something to learn. Jim Minion told me when I started, and I mean I started quickly—sixteen weeks from my first contest to qualifying for the Jack Daniels World Championship and cooking it. Um, so I mean I was very fast out of the gate, and Jim Minion told me, you know, you're going to get better, and I kind of shook my head and I was like, okay, yeah. Well, 10 years later, Jim Minion was right. I I always look at it, and I think one of the things that separates the the great pit masters from the people who want to be great pit masters is we're our own worst critics. How could I have done that better? Okay, that was great, but how do I make it even better than that? And, and, And when you constantly push yourself like that, that's what keeps you on top of your game.
0: All right, so once we have the the meat where we feel comfortable, we know the cooker, we're not reliant on gurus and stokers and and all this other stuff, which great tools to have, no doubt about it, but like you said, always good to know your cooker in case of a catastrophic event. How do you go about adding the layers of flavor? As you said, too much smoke, too much rub. Is it always best to start out little and build from there, or... Are you uh, catering to specific people that are coming over or not coming over? How do you, how do you build a flavor profile uh, and do it correctly?
5: Um, well, there's a multi-part answer to that. You know, step A is you have to have been blessed by God with a good palate. Some people I've, – I've spoken to people that says all restaurant barbecue is good. And, I mean, I've got a 1,000 people, myself included, who are going to say, no, not all restaurant barbecue is good. There's good and there's bad. Um, I think, A, you need to have been blessed with a good palate. B, I think KISS, keep it simple, stupid. People try to make it way too complicated. Um, and, you know, I, I get a lot of people asking me, well, how do you handle national variations, I mean, regional variations within, within a nation? Um, and basically, I don't vary my flavor profile at all, whether I'm cooking on the West Coast, East Coast, Texas, Uh, You know, North Central, whatever. What I do do is I dial up my sweetness and I dial down my sweetness because there's folks out there who don't do anything, but they cook massively, like 30 contests a year, which is way more than I'll ever cook. Um, And when you're cooking that many contests, you can actually just on the numbers game stick to an exact flavor profile. And on the numbers game, if it's good, you're going to win. What I do is like when I went to New York and took reserve grand champion and, and beat IQ was, I was like, this is New York. It's Sweet's not going to work. So I massively dialed it down. And talking to judges afterwards, they were all complaining about how much candy they'd eaten. So, you know, doing well there was because I dialed back the sweetness. But I don't change my flavor profile. I think I've got a good flavor profile. It works from coast to coast. So I'm just going to take my best guess at do these guys want sweet or savory and how much sugar and honey I add and just adjust that and leave the basic flavor profile alone.
0: Conrad Haskins joining us here on the show from the Barbecue Institute. You can find him at uh, bbqinstitute.com. Also, the uh, pitmaster of Teddy Bear's competition team, you can find that at bbqhog.com. Conrad, one of the best things about barbecue today is the ease of access to good information. One of the worst things about barbecue today, the ease of access to crappy information. Now, can you list out some of the most common Internet falsehoods that are proliferating the Internet right now?
5: Uh, I, we don't have long enough to do it, but I mean, <laughs> right. you know, some of the basic things are um, you have to cook your brisket fat side up. Uh, you have to spray. Um, oiling meat is a good idea. Uh and it just goes on and on and on. I mean, I, I get so many calls from students and people who are like, I've read the Internet for three days on how to cook ribs, and I'm now more confused than when I started reading the Internet. There's, because what happens is every right answer is out there. Everything I do, everything Rod Gray does, everything Harry Sue does is out there. But it's like panning for gold. You've got these little flecks of gold surrounded by vast amounts of dirt. And you have to separate the gold from the dirt. And it it's not like panning for gold because... With Panic for Gold, you've got the, sh- the shiny parts and the dirt, and here you've just got this vast stream of information, and in it's so what do you do? And people just, it's like, oh, well, I'm going to try that, and I'm going to try that, and I'm going to try that, and it, it just it doesn't work. Stick to the basics and build on that, and don't try to make it too complicated. And I think the biggest single thing I have with my students is that they think that, oh, well, I'm just going to go to the grocery store. You know, The question is, well, how do I go to the grocery store and get a good brisket? You don't. Um, unfortunately, brisket these days is what's the cheapest feeder cattle? What's the cheapest cereal? You know, how do we make a profit and sell it to Walmart so they can sell it for ninety-nine cents a pound? And you just can't get a good brisket doing that. If you don't start with good ingredients, you're not going to have a good end product. And I see so many threads, and it hasn't changed in ten years of. Well, I had a problem cooking brisket, and all these answers flood in with all these advanced techniques, and nobody says, okay, but what did you start with? Was it good meat or wasn't it? Because if you didn't start with good meat, all those advanced techniques are just worthless.
0: All right, so let me ask you about this, and I'm glad you brought up the the beef part specifically because I don't hear it so much with pork, but I suppose that's another uh, argument or another conversation for another day. You know, there was a lot of hype around Wagyu beef. Uh, there was a lot of talk about people using uh, the Certified Angus uh, beef for packers. I mean, you you've competed a lot. You are doing these classes. Do you recommend Wagyu? Is that overpriced and not needed? Is it? Can you go to Sam's and, and do just as well? What do you think about all that? Different levels and, and varying of all this popular stuff being thrown around the uh, the internet these days.
5: You know, I did a. I did an advanced barbecue class and we cooked a Wagyu and we cooked uh, cargo sterling silver side by side. The Wagyu I didn't inject the, the uh, cargo sterling silver I injected. We did a taste test. There was nothing in it. Um, so, you know, I've won with Wagyu, but I really don't think it's necessary. I think if you have a really good quality piece of regular beef, you can do it. And I, yeah, I, I, I'm with Dave. I'm shying away from certified Angus or any of that stuff. Is the vendor you're actually buying the meat from putting out a good product? Dave has his choices. I choose to use Cargill Sterling Silver. Um, and there's other good brands out there. But I think you need to go with a good brand and have faith in that brand and, and go with that. because, j- and, and as far as Sam's goes, I've won with Sam's, but I've also seen their quality decline and right now, the only good brisket I'm seeing coming out of Sam's is their their Choice Flats, because on their Packers, they've gone to select from Choice, and there's a big difference in flavor. And, and I can't recommend the, the Packers coming out of Sam's anymore, unfortunately.
0: Conrad Haskins joining us here on the show. Uh, Conrad, what kind of a, a competition schedule, in, if any, are you going to have this year?
5: Um, I'm doing a few contests. I'm cooking Sam's. I'm cooking a contest in the Pacific Northwest. And you know, I'll I'll pick up a few more as as the year progresses. But it's a fairly light schedule for me. I cooked one early this year and took first place um, in brisket. So, but I I still enjoy competing.
0: You know, you mentioned that you were going to try a Sam's Club. I asked Jeff Brown this a little bit earlier. As far as is Sam's Club kind of kind of a monster in the fact that it is taken away from some competing events or or some events that have been well-established for years prior to Sam's showing up and now they're taking teams away. Uh, Other events are suffering. Do you see this as as a corporate evil kind of uh, invading into a territory that had already been established Uh, or do you see it kind of like uh, Mike McLeod said from MMA where, you know, some of these guys, they're just not marketers. They don't realize how to, to get out there and get sponsorship money and be proactive with it.
5: Um. Well, I agree because I've, I've seen this in my own uh, experience with a small barbecue association that it's not run by business people and they don't know how to market it. A barbecue contest has to appeal to the public. Sam's isn't putting money into it um, because of the competitors. They're putting money into it because of the uh, because of, this, of the spectators and, and that's who I think you really have to cater to. and. Um, I just think that it's, it's all about the spectators, and you know, the, only, the only constant we have in this world is change, and things are going to change, and people hate it when they change, but that's what's going to happen, and if, if they're bringing money to it, more power to them.
0: All right. Let me ask you about this too before I cut you loose, Conrad. Uh, Pitmaster season three. I always like to give people's ideas and, and takes on this. It's coming back. We don't know for sure what kind of a format we're going to see. You know, season one, as we look back now, widely considered to be the gold standard of what competition barbecue was like and, and wants to be seen on television. Season two, the complete antithesis of that. Everybody seemed to to not like it to a large degree, format wise. So who knows what season 3 is going to bring. John Marcus won't reveal anything and tip cards. Are you excited to see what it brings? Do you think that the idea of barbecue pitmasters should just kind of go away and we'll be done with it?
5: I'm I'm excited to see it and you know what you have to remember is with all food TV, it's all about what are the viewers wanting? And more than 50% of the people who watch cooking on TV don't cook at all. Pregoo and boiled pasta is their idea of cooking. So it isn't done for us competition cooks. It's done for the ratings. And I think he's doing a great job for the ratings, which is what it's all about. And the more barbecue on TV, the better for everybody.
0: All right, let's uh, do the Survey Tuesday questions, if you don't mind, here real quick, uh, Conrad. Uh, Are ceramic cookers overrated? Yes. Yes? They're overrated? Overpriced or overrated?
5: Overrated. I mean, they are awesome for doing steaks and pizza and being very fuel efficient in all weather conditions, but the WSM is still king of the hill for value for
0: money. All right. Question number two, and we kind of already answered this. <laughs> is the Sam's Club National Tour good or bad for barbecue as the sport? Good. All right. I agree. And uh, question number three, very controversial. So I ask you to give me your full honest opinion. Hot and fast, or low and slow?
5: Neither. Middle of the
0: road. Middle of the road? That wasn't even an option. What are you talking about? Uh, uh, you don't subscribe to, to one or the other?
5: No, I subscribe to middle of the road. That's how I cook.
0: All right, so give me middle of the road temperature so, we're, so we know what kind of ballpark you're in.
5: Um, I'm, I'm talking 250 to 300 is where I want my pit to be.
0: All right, so a little more than one, a little less than the other. Uh, Conrad Haskins runs the Barbecue Institute. He's the pit master for Teddy Bears competition team. Conrad, always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on tonight. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. You got it. There he is, Conrad Haskins. Again, Barbecue Institute, if you want to check him out. And uh, I guess what I like best is the fact that the classes that he gives are geared, I guess, more towards somebody like me. Um, so that's a good that's fun and good. Especially if you're looking to save a little money. I mean, you know, not everybody's a competition cook. Maybe people didn't know that. Dave Boska is on deck. So stay tuned for that. Let me talk to you for a quick minute about the longest running sponsor of the show, located in Warminster, Pennsylvania. That's right, it is the Barbecue Guru. Now, gang, let me tell you a few things here about barbecue guru. If you've been thinking about getting an automatic pit temperature control device for your cooker, then you want to stop here. These are the people that invented the technology. Why would you want to buy one from any other company in the whole world? I have no idea. Are you not familiar with how these little beauties work? I'm not going to get into the minute details, but imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature. And once set, it keeps it running at the set temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. This is real life. And you can take advantage of this technology today. Now, maybe you're a busy working professional, or perhaps you are constantly on the run with kids, doing errands, and quite frankly, you just don't have time to set around and play pit mind temperature person. The Barbecue Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a brisket or a couple slabs of ribs, and then you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done, and the Barbecue Guru maintains the pit temp you set it at. There are currently four different models to choose from, so you know there's one that will fit the budget. You have the ProCom 4 wireless unit that will allow you to roam up to 600 feet away from your cooker. You can still make temperature adjustments from there if you want to. You also have the Cyber Q2, the DigiQ2 DX, and the newest unit, the Party Q, and at $129 for most cookers, the Party Q, the easiest point of entry into a pit temperature control device. It's a self-contained package that runs on AA batteries. Now, maybe you're in the market for a cooker. You want to look no further than the Onyx oven. The Onyx has been winning on the competition circuit as well as in the backyards all over the country and its fully insulated unit that holds a lot of meat It accommodates half and whole pans for food service and it works seamlessly with any of the barbecue guru pit temperature control devices do yourself a favor visit the longest running sponsor of the show the bbqguru.com check out their products if you have any questions about what to order call them directly 800-288-GURU that's 800-288- G-U-R-U. They will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800-288-GURU or visit thebbqguru.com The Barbecue Guru. A breakthrough in barbecue technology. We're going to step away. We'll come back with Dave Bosca, He's going to help me close out the show. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks.
3: interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of
0: barbecue, it's the
3: Barbecue Central Show.
0: We're almost 38 minutes past the hour, that would make it uh, 22 minutes to the top. Eight seven seven four four eight zero four three three. Greg at thebbqcentralshow dot is email address. Thanks again to Conrad Haskins for joining me last segment, talking about the Barbecue Institute and some of the common mistakes that people make. But helping me close the show tonight is a Central Line favorite. In twenty eleven, his team finished third overall in the KCBS Team of the Year standings. Like Wild Cater Q Crew, Wild Catter. Sorry. He will also be moving on to the Sam's Club National Regional Final in St. Charles, Missouri in September. Sponsor of the show, Pitmaster of Butcher Barbecue. Help me welcome Dave Bosca back to the show. Dave, how are you, buddy?
1: How are doing, Greg?
0: Good, Dave. Appreciate you making time out for the show. Um, before we get into the competition, Dave... Uh, you have that new prime injection on the market that you just recently released. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about it and you know how does it differ from that very successful brisket injection that has been on the market for years and, and has been very successful for
4: you? Well, what it is, prime injection is our beef injection and our prime dust combined together in the exact recipe, the exact amount of what I use in competition, um, we've been asked for a long time to be blending it together, and we decided let's just let's just blend it together, and we'll keep our other items we already put together our beef injection and our prime injection because there's a lot of folks that have their own own, own takes on how they want to use it, how they want to apply it, um, but that's what the prime injection is.
0: All right, Dave Bosca joining us here on the show. Uh, Dave, let's look at this past weekend. Fifth overall, top six, move on to the regionals. Uh, so technically, you're good there, but we'll get into in a second. Uh, we'll dig into the meats here in a second. And maybe I'm getting a little spoiled by seeing you, you know, like top three or higher at events recently. Uh, how did the weekend go for you as a whole?
4: We thought it was a great weekend. Um, just as Jeff was saying, the weather started out perfect. Um, I got a brand new trailer. We pull it into Oklahoma. It's our first first cook in Oklahoma with it. We're still trying to find where we put everything, but we cook our chicken, and we had a lot of family and a lot of friends there. Um, we were stepping on each other there for just a little bit, but the chicken went in. It was a great-looking box. It was as moist, and it was a great great cook for chicken. Um just didn't hit the right table for chicken, but I hope I have that same chicken this coming weekend.
0: Yeah, well I mean I was gonna say as as we take a little bit closer look at the individual categories here, Dave. Twenty first overall, when was the last time you were you were twenty first in chicken?
4: I I can't can't remember that. I don't know.
0: So it's been a little while then. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh do you just chalk it up to a bad table? There was nothing, as you said, you were hoping to you're hoping to turn it into next weekend. There was nothing that you could pinpoint to a 21st.
4: No, a um, couple four or five weeks ago, we cooked a contest up in Great Bend. I didn't have a hot, a little more time to cook, so. I, and we had 60-mile-an-hour oh, winds, and we was having some problems. So I attribute it to the chicken just not being perfect. So, hey, I got the score deserved there. Here, okay, I'm, I'd am i like to have the same chicken again this next weekend.
0: All right, Dave Bosca joining us here on the show. Uh, you go to ribs, you get eighth overall, so you get a call there. Uh, let me back it up just for one second. If you don't get a call uh, right out of the gate in chicken, Dave, uh, is that something where you're like – I wonder how the rest of the competition is gonna go. You're not getting that momentum that you were looking to build. Does that mess with your mind at all?
4: No, it doesn't mess with our mind at all. Um oh, it's always a good feeling. And this chicken this out last weekend, I was um waiting to get to the top two or three with it. It was and I'm I'm as brutally honest with myself as, as I am with anybody, and you can ask me as soon as we're done with turning in what did I think of my food? And I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, I like the chicken. Um, another category we had, but we got a call on it. So maybe there was some other better, there was a lot better chicken turned in. And so I always compete with myself and say, what can I do to make my chicken that much better if there was that much, good chicken turned in ahead of me. So that's just kind of the way I go
0: with it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh sorry, right, we go to ribs, you get eighth uh, overall there, so you get a call, uh, kind of get you back up and rolling again. How did you feel about ribs uh this past weekend?
4: That was the one category I wasn't 100% happy with. Um our ribs was as juicy as any of the ribs we've ever turned in. Um they were cooked really good except they needed just a fraction more time on the cooker. I say a fraction. 15, 18, 20 minutes. um, That really makes a difference. Um, Not necessarily for when we're cutting them and putting them in the box, but for 15 minutes later from when the judges. I feel like we're pretty good at ribs. We won the team of the year in ribs two years ago. We were third last year in ribs. And so I feel like I know ribs pretty good. So after this cook, I was sitting there going, Boy, I wish the ribs – they had great taste. They had, like I said, juicy, but they just needed a little bit more time for uh, cooking. So that was my downside with ribs.
0: All right. Now we move on to pork. You get fifth overall. Uh, I would mentioned a little bit earlier when I was talking with Jeff Brown, it seemed you know, some cooks have been struggling with pork a little bit this year. Uh, fifth overall out of 29 teams, definitely not something to sneeze at by any stretch of the imagination. How were you with pork over the weekend?
4: I liked it. It was a good pork. Um, We had two really good pork butts we cooked. Uh, um, Process went just just as scheduled. They came off just when they they should be coming off. They rested. Um, We prepped them. We put them in the box, filled the box up, turned it in. It was uh, textbooked, in my opinion.
0: All right, Dave Bosca joining us here on the show. And then, of course, you close out with brisket. You get third overall. Uh, so two places better than you did with pork. The top three has got to be a very satisfactory for you. How did you feel about the brisket? Did you think it might have been even a two or a one call?
4: Um, we were hoping so. Um, brisket was really good. Can't complain about the brisket. Uh, we thought that the brisket was as moist. Um, it didn't qu- White fit in our box we, we we the way that we think they should fit in the box. The boxes were handed out well after um, we had trimmed and prepped and spiced, and they didn't didn't pull up any more than what I would have expected. So um, we had to do a little bit of modification on the cooked product, but it fit in the box. Everything went good. We do a lot of slicing. Uh, I'm just a sliced guy. I, I believe if you can – cook a brisket, right? So so we was happy with our brisket.
0: All right. uh, So you get fifth overall, you know, as you're being called out. And, you know, I'm sandbagging a question here, Dave, which I'm going to bring up here in a second. But, you know, as you're called out, you get fifth overall. I mean, typically people are going into Sam's Club, obviously, to at least make the top six. Everybody wants to go and win, I would imagine. Otherwise, why are you competing? But you want to get at least to that top six cut so you move on to the regional rounds Uh, you know where do you fall out on the fifth overall is that a position that you're happy with regardless of contest would you like to have uh, or did you think that your product was better to maybe be top three top two
4: we had top three product there um I, i like i said i think the ribs would have kept us out of a grand um there was a lot of good cooks there and congratulations to them uh it's one of the first cooks of the year and everybody's bringing their a game to 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 move on so hey uh I did good. Congratulations to the one that did better.
0: All right, Dave. So let me ask you this question, and uh, we were corresponding a little bit uh, today and last night. The top six move on to regional rounds in St. Charles, Missouri, September 29th. You finished five, so you earn the right to move on. You're not moving on though.
4: Nope, we're not. We're going to go on with it.
0: Uh, What's going on with that? I mean, I'm sure, people are falling off of their chairs. Uh, you know, you get I'm into one of
4: the few. I've had several calls from. do you want greg
0: i'm sorry go, go ahead i was interrupting you go ahead uh, hello hey can you hear me greg yeah i got you we must have dropped off there i'm sorry i was uh, just asking why uh, you decided not to move on
4: well it's it's a reason i've got for myself um nothing on the contest organizers um Troy Black called me today and was asking. He wanted to find out because KCBS had called him and wanted to find out. Or when they when they found out that I wasn't moving on, they called me, and then I guess they called him, and he called me earlier today. And um, flat out, the main reason is 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 um, points. Um, they don't. The rest of the series is pointless. Pardon the pun on that, but. <laughs> I'm cooking, for po- I'm cooking for points for the rest of the year. We're going to try and make a run for the team of the year um, and they're inv- and as an invitational it doesn't count for uh, KCBS team of the Year points. So I think it was pretty well shocked to them that I'm not going on, but I knew on the front side and I told folks on the front side and I even told the team number seven they got the seventh place in the parking lot be ready for the phone call because I'm not moving on.
0: Now, uh, was the local event, did that count as part of KCBS points for Team of the Year or no?
4: Yes, it does.
0: All right. So you were just cooking this event solely to, to get points, and you knew right off the bat that you weren't going to be going up.
4: That is correct.
0: Now, do, did, do you get any blowback from anybody um, saying, look, you know... the we're going in. We want to move on. You're competing, and you know you don't want to move on. You're just doing it for the points. Is is there any type of uh, bad feeling, or have you been getting any type of uh, response back by saying, "Well, you know, if it's just for points, you're not doing it"? I guess for the the real reasons of what Sam's Club Tour is, you win the local, or you get top six, you get to move on to regionals, you get to move on to the finals, and that's not what you were interested in doing in the first place.
4: No, I don't feel that I'm getting any blowback from it and personally it's none of their opinion none of their business but um, uh, what 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 are they moving on for money what am I moving on for points what's the difference um, I don't feel that the um, money is the drive for me I like to cook and I like to cook well and um, right now my drive is not the drive for the money I want to win a points deal I've got Uh, goals that I've set for myself and that's just the way it is Uh, one thing I want to mention and bring out is last year I didn't move on either Um, I didn't qualify so I can't say I didn't move on I'd already made that decision last year that I wasn't going on Um, this year I'd said the same thing and then just happens the weekends that was the regional and the weekends that was the championship I had won three grand champions um, that weekends, I had a back to back on one and then we had a, a single on another one so that's three grand champions that I wouldn't have had a chance to cook at. so that being said i'm I feel like I'm doing it for me
0: all right so let me and ask i didn't
4: you. I didn't keep anybody else from not going on that did because the seventh best cooking team still goes on so it's not like it's anything major.
0: Uh, correct. Um, Dave Bosca joining us here on the show from Butcher BBQ. ButcherBBQ.com is his website. You know, Dave, if we step back, we take a look at Sam's as a whole here, and I know I've asked this question a couple times to a couple different pitmasters on the show tonight. I've been getting some email recently about saying, you know, Sam's Club is uh, overtaking some local events that have been well-established and they're taking teams away And maybe Sam's Club, you know, a lot of people really didn't, I didn't hear any negative about it last year. A little bit more and more starting to come out of the woodwork that it's not as great as everybody wants it to be. You know, as somebody who probably talks to a lot of pitmasters and you see and you've been to a lot of these local competitions before, and if you see them suffering because of a Sam's Club event, is that something that's just evolution of the sport that you're in, and you're going to have that, and Sam's might be pushed out in a year or two from now some some other big event that people want to get into, and this is just part of the, the process of barbecue now?
4: No, I don't think it's a process of barbecue. I don't think it's a process of it not being barbecue. I think anything barbecue is good for the sport. That being said, I think KCBS is a little naive if they don't, have the hindsight or the foresight to look out and see that Sam's is just using them to get their feet wet. Uh, they literally, other than using reps to run the, the regionals and the finals, why is KCBS even involved? It's, it's not a, uh, it's nothing to do with KCBS. I'm, I, I love KCBS. I'm a lifetime member of KCBS. My uh, plan on cooking them for the, the rest of it. But Sam's Club has the, the means, the money, and the knowledge to go do their own thing. I think they're testing the waters. I've got I, I worked a lot of years with Sam's Clubs, and I've got a lot of friends still in the business, and they're redoing this. Let's be real. Sam's is doing this that the company or the clubs get is astronomical the residual sales after we leave the parking lot is even larger. They see such large categories increases for a week or two that more than pays for uh, the contest. Uh, So Sam's Club can benefit by building their own contests. They're getting the know-how of how to run it. They've hired a national contest, contest organizer who is a cook? So, and he's very good at it. Troy does a great job at what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I looked at their truck that they drive around, and I honestly I don't remember how many national sponsors were on there. Not KCBS sponsors, but Sam's Club sponsors. There was eight, maybe ten sponsors on there, and they're paying a hundred thousand dollars a piece to be on this truck. So that $100,000 a piece to be on this truck. So that being said, why does Sam's need KCBS? Um, I hope KCBS has them wrapped up good with the contract, but I, I, I don't, I'd rather doubt if they would allow that to happen.
0: Well, uh, Dave, if I could play devil's advocate here for just a second, wouldn't me being KCBS say, uh, well, Dave? It really has nothing to do with, you know, Sam's as the business or the entity or getting their feet wet. Uh, KCBS is merely a sanctioning body. Uh, We're not here to talk about purses or anything like that. If they want to come and they want to use our rules, uh, we provide representation. We provide the standards of rules, and that's all we're interested in.
4: That's true, but then let's step back again. This happened Monday to me. This is the thing that got me thinking this, and this is what got me a little bit, how can I say, wondering what's what really going on. One of the things you ask is Sam's good for the sport. Yes, Sam's is Sam's Club good. Is Sam's Club's tour good for the other contest? I don't think KCBS is treating the other contest fairly. Um here recently, KCBS made a statement in the board of directors meeting and is, is now forcing all the contests to, they said they just don't have time to keep up with the grand champion winners and give them to the American Royal and the Jack. So it's up to us to do our own stuff with the organizers. But on the other hand, Monday morning, The first business day after the contest, a KCBS office lady calls me on KCBS time, phone numbers and all, and trying to get me to sign up for the next level. That was their job. But wait a minute. You can spend time to do this, but you can't keystroke a computer and send the American Royal that information. Just things to think about.
0: So what's your satisfaction level right now on a scale of 1 to 10? Of what? Uh, Just about the state of uh, KCBS and and who they're in, I don't want to say in bed with per se, but if you have such an overwhelming, and maybe it's not as overwhelming as I am under the impression of, Dave, because you certainly see these guys a lot more. But as I talk to more and more pitmasters, there really hasn't been a lot of, negative necessarily there's been a lot of positive talk about you know promotion of barbecue but from what i gather it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for sam's to pull out at some point and start their own barbecue competition sanctioning body or series for that matter had nothing to do with kcbs altogether that wouldn't surprise you
4: no it wouldn't surprise me at all i absolutely love kcbs I, i think the people that work up in that office work their hearts out um they work very hard for the cooks. Um, contrary to a lot of opinions, they, they've they got the, <coughs> excuse me, they've got the, the the vibe of KCBS and and they really do care. Um, and I think 99% of the cooks care too. It's just that the ones that you hear about mostly is that one percenter. Um, I think KCBS is strong. I think they're on the right go. Uh, I love where they're going with the barbecue. They're really promoting the sport for for everything. uh I just I just wish that they would if they would take a step back and look at what they just did i I, I don't think there's some of the rules that are the best. That's just my opinion. uh that's just outside looking in i'm not on the inside of that I, just, I i like kcbs don't get me wrong i really really like everything they're doing i i just gosh that's a hard hard one to finish out with but um but anyway i don't know i don't know
0: well i mean you can't you can't ever be in a perfect situation so there's obviously going to be uh ways that you can grow but from at least from what I'm gathering, you're appreciating what KCBS has done and, and what they're doing, and obviously there's always going to be room for improvement, just like there is uh, here on the show, as always. Uh, Dave, you are uh, by far g- going crazy in the chat room right now with people wanting you to run for president of KCBS, of uh, the United States of America. They want you to be on for a full hour instead of uh, 30 minutes. Quite frankly, I've uh, blown out my whole clock just so I could uh, give you a little bit of room to move here as uh, people are saying this is another classic appearance from Dave Boskett, why don't you just move to Cleveland, get a microphone, and we can just co-host this bad bitch together. What about that? <laughs> no?
4: Well, uh, well, I'm not going to say move to Cleveland. Um, no, I kind of like kinda like my Oklahoma weather. I appreciate the, the offer, though. Yeah, no problem. Um,
0: <laughs> maybe,
4: maybe I'll not, have do-rag. Uh,
0: let's go ahead and do survey uh, Tuesday questions really quickly while I have you before I let you go. Uh, question number one, are ceramic cookers overrated
4: um I'll be honest with you I've never cooked on a ceramic cooker um so I'm gonna have to take complete the pith on that
0: all right uh question number two. Oh, geez is the Sam's Club national tour good or bad for barbecue
4: the tour is
0: good for barbecue all right good for barbecue uh question number three hot and fast or low and slow
4: I'm a low and slow guy.
0: Uh, is hot and fast a fad, or do you think that's something that's just going to continue on through the annals of uh, competition barbecue?
4: Now, those the guys that cook hot and fast, you have to learn how to do that. And those that do it are very good at what they do. Um, so, you no, know, hot and fast has got its, its place.
0: All right, Dave Bosca, you know him. He is a Butcher Barbecue, uh, the competition team butcherbbq.com and sponsor of this show, which we are very proud to have. And Dave appreciate the time tonight. Thanks for coming on.
4: Oh, thank you. Greg. Can I say, can I throw something out real quick? Go. All right. Um, I'm getting, I get emails every week for classes and stuff. Um, I'm keeping every one of those emails. We are working on a class in Southern California at this point. Ooh. It is almost finalized. We're real close. It will be the end of this year. Well, I'm also looking working for one on the East Coast. It's not finalized. It's not closed, but we are working on a site out there. But if you're interested in one, shoot me an email, and I will keep it. And that'll be the first group of folks that know about it.
0: All right, uh, Dave. Always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on.
4: Thank you, Greg, for having
0: me. You got it. There he is, Dave Boska, Butcher Barbecue. Holy moly. Another gem, as they say, in the business. Absolutely. Wow. Sam's Club's going to start their own tour. You heard it here first, thanks to Dave (laughs) Bosca. All right, uh, gang, quickly, let me talk to you about Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. Let me get this crazy guy up here. Where is he? There he is. There he is. Fred Bernardo, smoking guitar player. Look, I think we can all agree that there are creeping marauders at each and every turn on the Internet. Sometimes you're looking for a barbecue or grilling item that just isn't stocked anywhere in your hometown or the next town over or the next town over from that. Your options have become limited. You are now forced to go online to buy the item that you want or you're just going to have to go without it. The internet grip sets in. The hands start to sweat. Your neck tightens. You've been screwed on the internet before with your purchases and you don't want it to happen again. After all, this is your hard-earned money you are spending. You need to feel confident that the company you're buying from is honest and fair. Good news, folks. Let Fred Bernardo and the gang over at Tasty Licks Barbecue relieve you of your internet buying stresses. Tasty Licks has one of the most complete inventories on the barbecue and grilling market on the face of the earth. All of these items that you see on Fred's website in stock, they're ready to ship to you directly. Now, are there other places on the internet that might have them for cheaper? Perhaps. But are you 100% confident that you're actually going to get the item you buy? And how long is it going to take to you get to you? Shipping-wise, all these are great questions. No one can answer with 100% assured. Now, when you buy from Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply, the items are in the store, they ship to you promptly, and everything is in the store and priced fairly. Look, if you want to call Fred Bernardo and try and work out a deal on something, I'm sure he's more than happy to field the phone call. you got to lob him that phone call and see what you can work out from there. Tasty Licks carries grills, smokers, ceramic cookers, electric cookers, various types of charcoals, wood chunks and chips, cookbooks, accessories, they don't have it you don't need it on top of all that fed carries many of the other show sponsors in his store as well so if you're almost doing like this two-for-one thing where you're shopping at a sponsor and you're buying sponsors products best of both worlds don't forget the tasty licks has their own line of barbecue sauces and rubs as well you got to be sure to try those Now remember this, April 28th, Kenny and Bob from the Guru, the Barbecue Guru, will be doing demonstrations at the store in Shillington, Pennsylvania. They'll be using the Guru on the Big Green Egg and other cookers, and they'll be doing the Onyx Oven demos as well. Starts at 11 a.m. It's free, just go, no registering. And again, that's April 28th, Uh, Barbecue Bob and Barbecue Kenny from the Guru will be doing those demonstrations. Head over to tastylicksbbq.com and let the confidence exude from your fingertips as you make online purchases. And then just sit back and enjoy your items upon delivery. And don't forget that Fred and the gang are there to help you after the sale as well if you need it. TastyLicksBBQ.com. That's TastyLicksBBQ.com. We wrap it up quickly after this. Stand by.
3: Get in the smoke. Call 877 448 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey.
0: Uh, we are back 5 past the hour of 11. Sorry, it's late. I know. Uh, Dave, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but we had uh, kind of a crappy connection there. Um, we didn't miss anything that you said, which I guess was nice, except there happened to be like a two- or three-second delay. I couldn't figure out if you were just trying to stop yourself from swearing or if you were doing a little uh, self-dump-button type deal. <laughs> no? Uh, so uh, we'll work on that for next time, but uh, one of the uh, all-time uh, interviews already in the annals of the show. So there you go. Uh, quickly recap as uh, we try and get out and we're late. This can't happen once you get on the real radio. Very first hour, we had Jeff Brown, Wildcatters Q Crew. They won the Midwest City, Oklahoma Sam's Club local event. They'll be moving on to the regional round. Also, Robin Lindars from Grill Grillgirl, GRRL.com. She'll be uh, competing in Memphis in May. Second hour, we had Conrad Haskins of the Barbecue Institute. BBQinstitute.com. Check her, uh, check her, check him out. Check out those classes, man. The fajita classes, you know, the regular traditional barbecue classes, all that stuff. Especially geared uh, to somebody more like me, like the backyard guy, not the competition chef. Although... Uh, Conrad's competition chops are well up to par as well. Is that uh, redundant? bbqinstitute.com. Check him out. Also, thanks to Dave Bosker from Butcher Barbecue for joining me, talking about how he's not moving on to Sam's Club, how Sam's Club may or may not be starting their own thing a little bit later, testing the waters, as he put it, and uh, talking about his competition Seen over there in Midwest City, Oklahoma as well, where he finished fifth overall at the uh, Sam's local. Dave's in it for the points this year, so team of the year candidates take notice. You better start stacking them up before he starts packing them in. Let me remind you to control the rusty grill grate population. If you have raw cast iron after each and every use, as it starts to cool down, hit it with a little bit of Pam. Hit it with some Crisco, let it burn back in. It gives you uh, years of rust-free service if you keep it maintained just that simply. Also, September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. Next week's show loaded already, and we will be ready for it. You're right, Sylvie, no Michael Simon. But until then, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.